Howdy, howdy from here in Austin, Texas. I'm reading this is in the huddle. Wow. it's <laughs> It's been a while since I've said that line. I hope it's not just me that misses it. Uh, it's been way too long, actually. And before I even get into uh, week one of college football, which I've been saying, I've been waiting to say that for a while now. Uh, I just want to fill y'all in on what's been going on, you know, in my life during my little brief hiatus. Um, so at the end of last college football season, me and my uh, now graduated friend, Jeremy McMahon, uh, did a did a co-show on the results of the playoffs. And uh, I, I encourage you guys to go take a look at that. But since then, I've been busy with uh, school baseball season last spring is really why I didn't do uh, any recruiting insights or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I had quite the action-packed summer following school baseball. I, uh, I played some summer ball. Uh, so yeah, I haven't just been, uh, you know, laying around all offseason. I have actually been doing stuff, but now it's college football season. So I'm all, I'm all back and I'm all yours. Um, let's go ahead and get into it. So uh, this game, I'm sure y'all heard a lot about this weekend. And in my opinion, it's a complete revolutionary game for college football. It, it changes the way that I think about a lot of things for the game because it defies history of college football. It's exactly what it does. And uh, I'm sure y'all are about to know what I'm going to say. Colorado Boulder versus TCU. Colorado wins 45 to 42. So I'm just going to read you all these game stats before I even go down and tell you my thoughts because this has a lot about, this is one of those stats that you can look at and pretty much assume what happened. You can look at these stats and it kind of says the story of the game. So 510 passing yards for uh, Colorado, 279 for TCU. 55 rushing yards for Colorado, 262 for TCU. And first downs, obviously, were pretty balanced between the two. So Colorado is a team who won a total of two college football games last year and is this team that's been so bad in the past that fans have pretty much accepted this humility, this fate of just being bad at college football. And uh, I, I honestly feel bad. And that's something that I was so excited about Dion going to Colorado and all this stuff happening to Colorado is these fans deserve some good because there has been way too much bad. And uh, me as a, you know, and fan last season, one season of bad was uh, plenty for me. No more, please. Um, but I, I know last year I talked a lot about this transfer portal Dion craziness, and uh, I'm not going to bore you all again with another read rant. Uh, you know, those classic rants I like to do. But once again, I'll say what I said last year and – it's something that I think really applies to all of college football, but especially in this case, is I've always said, and I've gone by this in most of my podcast episodes, is talent does not equate success. Talent does not equal success, ladies and gentlemen. That is the name of the game. That is my opinion of what college, like what makes college football so special because there's so many other aspects. You've got coaching. We've got home field advantage, which really isn't as much of a thing in the NFL, and uh, now, you know, we've got other aspects like NIL, stuff like that, that's also motivating players. So there's so many aspects that make up a good college football team, a good program. And it's just, it's not just talent. It is not just talent. And obviously, Colorado, with getting all the talent in the world, with their 50 plus transfers in, complete roster overturn, um, talent doesn't equal success for them. And that's what I that's what I preached last season, especially for Colorado. But that's what that's where it left them is could Colorado's coaching coaching make them a better team? I knew they were gonna have the talent, but so do 25 other teams in the top 25. They have talent. Every team has talent. It's do they have the coaching? Do they have the fan base? Do they have the program to be successful? And this game proved that Colorado not only has the talent, 
but they most especially have the coaching. So there's never really been a complete, you know, roster overturn of the such, as I've said, probably three times now, but it's unbelievable. You have a roster overturn and then you show day one success. That's not something that's been done before. There's not been a roster overturn, a coaching change too. Actually, a complete coaching change. They got Deion Sanders. They got new coordinators. They got new position coaches. Complete overturn. That's never been done. That's never, ever been done to this magnitude. And that's something that you guys need to take from this, especially is from what I'm saying is this is this is history. We just witnessed college football history. So let's go ahead and get into really what happened this game because it's pretty short and simple. Um, and this was was, was super surprising to me. I uh, I heard Josh Pate talk about this on the late night kick. And it's about how the Colorado responded to TCU. That's the most important. That's all you need to know about this game is how Colorado responded to TCU in. And because, I, I mean, a team can be fast on offense, they can be good on offense, they can be productive on offense, but is that offense going to come out after halftime and then be tied or down, and are they going to fight back? Are they going to score more points? And that's something that Colorado just did. I mean, TCU couldn't stop them. Colorado kept coming, they kept pushing, and uh, it, it was just unbelievable to watch. I'm impressed. I'm impressed with what Dion's done. I'm impressed with, obviously, Travis Hunter, all those kids, they're, they're, they're true freshmen running back Edwards uh Sanders the QB I mean just an unbelievable unbelievable uh a roster of talent came together and uh through go- great coaching um I think they can be really successful this year so obviously not much else to say about this TCU's defense and Colorado's defense just really was not stopping anything I think that's something that's going to really hurt both teams uh but TCU's offense was very productive in itself as well um their QB Howard stepped up in a position that Duggan's no longer there anymore and, and uh, there's just not much else to say than that. Uh, Colorado is going to be pretty competitive this year. Um, I'm excited to see what they can do. They've got Nebraska coming up. I assume that's going to leave them 2-0. Um, but, yeah, that's going to do it for uh, for that. Let's go ahead and move on to Texas A&M versus New Mexico State. A&M wins 52-10 over the Lobos. Now, uh, this is a game that I did attend. And... Uh, a game I was pretty nervous for, obviously, is against New Mexico State. But if uh, you all saw last season, you would understand my nervousness. I'd be scared to play uh, pretty much anybody, particularly Appalachian State would have me shaking in my boots. Um, but it, it just feels nice to, you know, in the fourth quarter, I've got a double cheeseburger in my hand. I've got a drink in my other hand, and I'm leaned back, no care in the world, because we are up 40 points. And how good does that feel? I mean, how good does that feel? Uh, Connor Wegman, obviously a sophomore quarterback. He threw for five touchdowns, uh, actually setting the opener record for uh, touchdown receptions for AM from a quarterback. And, uh, I mean, we ran the ball. Our defense made stops. And uh, I really have no complaints. I really have no complaints offensively. Defensively looked good. There was a couple drives where uh, we, we just missed some tackles or just let up some big plays that, uh, that frustrated me. But overall, you can't complain about that when you see the final score. So. Um, obviously, the biggest thing now with this, and this is something I talked about a ton last year, was uh, Jimbo Fisher and uh, him relinquishing uh, play calling. So I think Bobby, Bobby Petrino did a fantastic job, and obviously it was working. You know, when you look at our offensive stats, um, but something that helps with that with Connor Wegman uh, being our QB, we have Evan Evan Stewart is back like he uh, like he never left. Unbelievable, unbelievable talent that guy has, and then also Noah Thomas, someone who uh, was at AM last year. Um, has not played yet, but number three, Noah Thomas looked fantastic on the field. He's making great catches. I think he had, 
two, maybe three, even three touchdowns, at least two touchdowns. Um, but he looked phenomenal. And uh, Moose Muhammad, obviously coming back uh, first third year, he looked phenomenal as well. So overall, no complaints on offensive uh, on the offensive uh, lines either. Uh, on the offensive scrimmages, we looked good. Defensive line looked, uh, uh, it looked okay. I, I would have liked some more pressure, especially on a team like uh, New Mexico State, where we really should be pressuring them a lot. But uh, offensive line looked good, and uh, like I said, no complaints. So. A&M will uh, travel on over to Miami to play University of Miami. Uh, so we're going to get a taste of uh, we're going to get a taste of some good competitiveness. I think I think Miami's going to have a good offense. I think it's going to be a test for our defense, and uh, we really need a big win. We not only need to win over Miami, honestly, we need to win by a decent amount of points to prove that we've made significant changes. Because first game of the season, New Mexico State, that doesn't really prove anything to me. It makes me happy. It means I'm going to smile from this Saturday to next Saturday, that doesn't mean next Saturday I'm going to be smiling, and that's no guarantee, nor is it a guarantee any of the year, but especially now when we're just unproven after last year. So let's go ahead and get into the uh, last analysis of this segment. We've got Clemson versus Duke. Duke upsets Clemson 28-7. to Now go ahead and just take that score in. Duke beats Clemson 28-7. to yeah, I would have thought that score would be flipped around uh, but this is another one of those games before I even get into um, get into my opinions on the game, which I don't really have very many. It's pretty uh, simple. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the stats. 29 first downs for Clemson, 17 for Duke, 2,009 passing yards for Clemson, 175 for Duke, 213 rushing yards for Clemson, 199 for Duke. And Clemson is leading in all three of those categories until we get down to turnovers with Clemson having three turnovers, Duke having two uh, turnovers, like I've said in many, many of my episodes, turnovers make or break college football games. It is obviously it's important at every level of football, but especially college football. It seems that every single competitive game, it comes down to turnovers. Almost every single competitive game I see, it comes down to turnovers and who's going to take advantage of those turnovers, which is really important. So Clemson's leading all those offensive stats, yet they still lost. They just couldn't put anything together, quite simply. But why this game is so embarrassing and why I'm sure you've heard of this, and I'm sure many of you know this, but it's the talent difference on both of these teams. So Clemson, uh, let's go and look at Clemson. 56, five, four to five stars on their roster. Duke has two four to five stars on their football roster. 56 to two. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. It's unbelievable and it's embarrassing for Clemson. And I know earlier I, I was just preaching talent doesn't equal success. So it's a little hypocritical what I'm saying now. But that big of a talent difference, that does in, in that big of a talent difference and that big of a discrepancy in score means it doesn't, it's not talent. It comes down to coaching. Dabo Sweeney, I, I've never been the biggest fan of him as a coach. Now, obviously, he had his run with the national championship a couple years back. But since then, Clemson hasn't done anything significant. All Clemson has done, or really all their fans have done, is claim they're going to go to the playoffs again. Oh, we're going this year. This year, we're going to be amazing. No, y'all really have not been that good. I mean, they've been successful. They've been having nine and three seasons, but they're also in the ACC. So they're not playing SEC caliber teams. They haven't necessarily proven themselves on a big stage since that national championship. And now I'm sitting here looking at Duke beat Clemson 28 to seven. Embarrassing. Embarrassing is what I'm going to leave you with on this game. 
And that's going to go ahead and wrap up, you know, my game breakdowns for this episode. And uh, I know it's a little shorter than normal. I usually like to do five to six, but uh, I got to get back in the swing of things slowly, but surely next week, you can be on the lookout for a couple more. Um, and to wrap it up, let's go ahead and look at some games that I'm going to be keeping my eye on this weekend for one reason or another. Um, first, we've got Notre Dame uh, versus NC State. Notre Dame should pull away with this uh, by, by quite quite some points, but it is at NC State, which obviously NC State has a great fan crowd, and a game like that can really uh, you know spark something that was not uh, that was not predicted. And then uh, Utah Baylor, I'm going to be looking at just because Utah, um, I want them to prove themselves. They, they were really inconsistent last season. They started off the season and they were super high on my list, even possibly making the playoffs last season. They kind of went downhill a little bit and then boom, they beat USC and knocked them out of playoff contention. So they've been a team that's been up and down, a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, but they've got significant talent. They've got good coaching over there, good program. And uh, let's see if they're still on the upward spiral. And then another game, obviously I already mentioned this, but uh, Nebraska-Colorado. Colorado now ranked 22, I'm going to emphasize too. And uh, so that's just impressive in itself. They're ranked 22 already, so let that sink in. But they're going to be playing Nebraska. Uh, you prove yourself once against TCU, but TCU has not proved themselves in any other game. That's, that's the beauty of the first weekend is you don't really know how these teams are. You can't tell the story of the whole season by the first weekend. And... Uh, I need Colorado to get another win here. I need Colorado to actually get a big win. Actually, I think they should. Uh, I think they should score uh, a decent amount of points on Nebraska, especially because this is a uh, home game for Colorado. And uh, except for that, we've got Clemson. Clemson playing Charleston Southern. Only reason I'm taking a look at this is obviously that embarrassing loss to uh, to Duke. It's something that I want to look at because this Clemson going to back back and is are they going to bounce back in a positive way? or a, uh, a negative way, you know, they got to decide right now, is this going to tell the tale of their whole season? Or is this going to be the, uh, the infamous drop the first game this season? Look at us now, you know? So then we've got Ole Miss Tulane. That's a neutral site game. So that's a game that could really go either way. Both these teams are closely ranked Ole Miss being 20, uh, Tulane being 24. So any neutral site ranked game like that, where the, the ranks are close, I'm, I'm watching. I think that's gonna be a great game. And except for that, we've got Alap uh, Appalachian State versus North Carolina. It's going to be a cool game just because obviously a little rivalry going on there. That's going to be a good game. And then except for that, the only other game I'm looking at, I'm sure the game that y'all all are turning on at 6 o'clock on Saturday is uh, Texas versus Alabama. And this is kind of the one I will give a prediction for. Um, obviously, last year I did go to this Texas-Alabama game. I, I'm from Austin, Texas, so I was able to go to that game. And I'll be the first one to say I was a guy that was in the stands kind of preying on Texas's downfall. Obviously, Alabama is an SEC team. I'm an NM fan. I want Texas to lose. Um, but it was kind of sad for me because walking out of that stadium, I so badly dreamed of and wanted to just talk a little crap to all those Texas fans. But walking out, all I could really do is tip my cap. And, and something they did last year, it was 19-17 to 17 was the final score of that game. Uh, barely lost by just by a field goal. But what they did last year was uh, it was really impressive. It was really impressive. Uh, but unfortunately, I don't think they're going to repeat that in Tuscaloosa. And if they do, cap will be not only tipped, it'll fly off my head. That'll be unbelievable. Um, but I think Alabama's got this game by uh, at least, I'm going to give it two touchdowns. I'm going to give Alabama win in by 14 to 17 points. And uh, 
Also want to comment, I think Texas being ranked 11 is absolutely criminal. I think it's absolutely criminal. I think their preseason rank is kind of funny. It cracks me up every year because it seems that Texas falls within the the top 15 within every year, and then they fall out of the top 15 by the end of the season every year. So it's pretty funny. I'm not saying A&M or any other team uh, that I support is doing any better, but uh, that's something that I always find funny. Uh, but we'll see. Texas is going to stand the chat. Uh, is going to stand a test. They look good against Rice last weekend. I know that a lot of Texas fans weren't completely happy with how that game went. But uh, you, you saw good things out out of Ewers. You saw good things about out of your defense, which you're going to need that defense against Alabama. Um, but yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, Texas has proved that they can do some pretty miraculous things. And uh, it is college football, so uh, you never really know how it's going to go. Um, and with that, that's going to do it for today, guys. I'm Reed. Uh, this is In the Huddle, and thanks for tuning in.